Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with everybody. Today we have our dear friends, Brian and Kathy, back with us on the air. We're so glad. Are you guys feeling stronger than you went into the trial? How's it going? Hallelujah. Tell us about it. What did you go through? What happened? That thing, right? Mm. Yeah. The mindset of the world. Well, you guys look great. It's good to see you again. We're so glad that you survived everything. You must have a lot to unload and to just share with everybody. Uh, You know, we're just kind of wanting to hear from you. And it's so good to see both of you. And we praise God for your health. You know, it was interesting that while you two kind of got hit, Pastor Jeff Bass got hit, Kevin Honeycutt, Pastor Kevin and his wife Nancy went into some critical stuff, and we're still needing to hear from her, but Pastor Jeff is pulling out. You guys are pulling out. Uh, I don't know. We may have been in it all along, and who knows? Only God knows where we're all at. But um, thank you, Jesus, for the victory. Do you feel stronger right now having gone through that and then coming out do you feel the good feeling of health right now? Okay. It's definitely it's definitely a what you said it's definitely a bummer. 
Sure. Exactly. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Brian, Kathy, we have all in our lives experienced chills, sweats, fevers. When I was 14, had pneumonia, North Carolina. Uh, we have been sick, sweating it out in bed. I mean, cough, raspy throat, horrible earaches. What made this any different? If you were to say, well, this is what makes this different than those prior experiences um, and I'm sure you've had some of those experiences in your past. What made this different? Just curious. Okay. Huh? Mm. Okay. Wow. Of that. Yeah. 
Man, I love that. It, it, these things drive us to his heart. They drive us closer. Go ahead. You have some more to share. That's it. Yeah. Very interesting. Four or more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Absolutely amazing. Where it, It's been such a hypocritical season. There's no doubt about it. Well, you both look the same way you were the last time we were on the air. You look great. You're, you're feeling great. And God would not let you leave this planet until you visited Northwest Arkansas anyways. So that's not an issue. So we knew that. And um, what did you, what would you say that, you know, in the time that you've had down, I know you spend time in prayer, you spend time in the word, you were looking at things going on around and about. What did you do with your time and what did you come out with? What has God revealed to you? What is he saying to you? You're looking, uh, you, we're in the new year. We went through Christmas. We're here we are. Uh, the 12th day of January, there's a lot going on around the world today with different bills and legislative things going on. Uh, <clears throat> what did God reveal to you? What can you share with us? Amen. Kathy, would you would you experience what God to say to you?
Amen. Amen. That's huge. We love, we love that lighthouse. That's been, that goes back to 1996 for me when I was uh, prophesying over Jersey City, New Jersey, that it would be a lighthouse to the nations. And uh, there was a Christian man that took office there, a mayor, and I had an opportunity to meet with him back there. And I grew up when I was born and raised there. So uh, when I was walking through, I just really felt that was going to happen. And um, it changed. It changed pretty good, and then it kind of had its little thing, but we love the lighthouse. We love that uh, that's the place. You know, there's a great story about a lighthouse. Did you hear it? With the, um, well, I'll tell it later. I'll tell it later, but it's about a, a big ship. You knew that one? About the big battleship? So there's, all right, so there's a battleship out at sea, and it's stormy. It's dark. And uh, he sees another ship coming at him. And so the commander of the battleship um, gets on and, and starts radioing this other ship and says, you need to veer a certain course and get out of the way. You remember that, Brian? Yeah, yeah. And so you need to, you need to shift. And the communication comes back. And the other ship master says, um, we advise you that you change course and you go in another direction. <clears throat> And uh, they started getting at it, and the commander eventually of the battleship says, listen, you need to change your course right now, and you need to go in another direction. We are USS something-something battleship, and we're coming at you. And he said, well, you know, that's nice, but we're a lighthouse. We're not moving, and you're about to really crash into this thing. So uh, <laughs> so I told that story. It was a terrible rendition of that story, but it has to do with, uh, you know, the lighthouse again and changing course. So let me ask you this, um, missionaries, changing, traveling, you're, you're kind of uh, hunkered down, you've gone through something. Well, what do you see the next step for you? What is God showing you about the, the, this year, 2022, January? Uh, we're, we're moving forward. You know, life is coming at us. Uh, what is he showing you? Where are we at? What are you sensing? Wow. 
scratchy everywhere on all stations. I'm sorry? Scratchy on all stations. Scratching? On all stations. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was getting the signals from the left. They were a little scratchy. <laughs> the good left. This is. Have you had an ability to talk to Pastor Kevin and how far Greenville is from where he's at? Yeah, God, God forbid that you would take a stand in faith against these evil things. And ha ha, look, you stood and now you're in trouble. I know it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to let's let's just go into this a little in depth. Um, you know, we live in a, in, in a season where the Bible taught, Jesus taught, the disciples, the apostles taught that um, as time went on and we got closer to the end of the age, that there would be a certain atmospheric uh, transformation and men's hearts would grow weary. You know, the enemy would wear out the saints. Uh, the book of Daniel actually talks about the wearing out of the saints. It talks about the love of many waxing cold hearts that would actually grow cold. Um, there seems to be, even in the midst of, you know, all that's happening, somewhat of a dysfunction mentally, emotionally, uh, you know, the ability to really focus and press into the things of God and understand and be led and moved by the Spirit. And what you guys did was wait, and you've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, you got your instructions. You're going to be moving out on your instructions. Um, but there seems to be um, an atmosphere where men's hearts, women's hearts, we're functioning, we're breathing, we're animated, but it doesn't seem to be with the, uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if this makes any sense whatsoever. It just sometimes you feel like you're going through the motions of things and you kind of know in your knower without psychologically knowing it that, uh, you know, I'm not engaged in my heart. I'm really not getting this. Lord, I really wish you'd say something to me. Um, I you know, I just, I kind of feel like I'm getting out of whack and I don't know how to get back because I don't know how I got out of whack. And uh, there's just, I, I sense this in the body of Christ, that there's things we're doing to be preoccupied with. You know, as long as I'm doing something, I'm okay. But the moment I'm not doing something intrinsically, inwardly, there's just something there that's not ordered. There's something there that's just not at peace and at rest with God and the intimacy and the union and the love and, uh, you know, the communion with Christ. Can you speak into that at all? Does that, does that resonate with you at all about maybe a more general condition in the body of Christ? Or maybe it's just something in my own heart that I'm kind of looking at and just kind of knowing, just feeling out of place to some degree. Um, not really sure what it is. Do you sense any of that going on anywhere? Amen. 
Sorry. Amen to that. So I want to go back to something uh, Kathy mentioned earlier when she said, don't take the local body for granted. Um, she went back to church and she was around the body. And, and one of the things you said, Kathy, is don't take this for granted. And I've been thinking about um, something I'd learned years and years and years ago. And Brian, this goes along with what you were just saying. Uh, years ago, I, was, I, I came under the impression that the entire economy of Israel was that they built their lives around the temple. I mean, the temple was the very center of their existence. And then everything happened around that. And I was thinking yesterday, and I was just kind of contemplating this idea about how does, you know, uh, because I mentioned something yesterday, a friend of mine from North Carolina had mentioned to Patricia and I, he said, you know, if, if there's a place where God is, you just go to where God is. You want to find where God is. You want to, you know, uh, uproot yourself, transplant yourself, get to where God is, and then start building your life around where God is. And I kind of feel that way about the body of Christ. And I sense in my spirit in these days where it's very difficult to say to people uh, because people are wondering where to go, what to do, what are we going to do in this time. And my, my admonition to people in the body of Christ is you've got to find that local body. You've got to be a part of a local assembly. And you've got to be an integral part of that body. You need to function as a member of the body. You don't just go there and, you know, receive, receive, and receive. Your job is to input and to impart and to move and to care and to function as a member of the body. And uh, I sense there are a lot of people that are not connected to a local assembly of like-minded individuals where they could really pour in and pour out and receive, you know, that vitality 
uh, that we all need in the body of Christ. We need vital members of the body of Christ that are not only getting filled up, but they're infilling everybody around them. I mean, it's just the body coming to life in resurrection power by the Holy Spirit. And uh, if, if somebody has that, it should not be taken for granted. If somebody doesn't have that, is this a time, would you say that we've walked into a moment in the destiny of God and the, and the reality of Scripture where maybe people need to start thinking about putting God first? Where is God? Now, I know he's in us. And I know that, you know, we could stand on a mountain and be okay if we are, if God is with us. I'm okay with that. You guys did it for years. But is there a time of a gathering and in-gathering of the body of Christ? Talk, speak into that. Well, if I may just speak into that just for a moment, I mean, if you guys were to buy, you know, 100 acres on the island of Kauai and started inviting the body of Christ to come and commune with us for get ready for the last days, you'd probably have the place packed out real soon. Um, you know, it's, it's all about location, location, location. But is, it, is, is this a time, do you sense in, in your heart where the spirit of God is calling to the body of Christ and saying, all right, there's land over here. There is potential over here. There are wells being dug here. There are gardens being here. And it's time to call for the ingathering. And the body of Christ is hearing the call. Is it time for them to rethink their position in life and to actually, you know, move in the direction where the Spirit of the Lord uh, would be poured out and they'd have to experience for themselves? Are we there? Are we there at this point, Brian? What do you think?
the Bible says you left your friends, you know. But it's like if God guides us, we provide for that, that vision. So we can have God's vision and not worry about how he's going to do it or how it's going to happen because we either God's in it or God's not. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Kathy, please. You know, this this is, uh, as you're speaking, I have so many thoughts going through my mind, but this is the a- Abrahamic journey. Um, Abraham is on a journey. He's wandering through the land. He's going out, not knowing where he was going, a real pioneer. He has a problem, so he goes down into Egypt. He tells his wife, say, you're my sister because they're going to kill me. He's got all these issues going on. And every time he goes somewhere and, it, you know, what are you doing here? He comes out with more than what he went in with like he couldn't make a mistake because he was connected to the eternal purpose of God Almighty. And because of that, it's just like God was with him. And what I hear with what you're doing right now, I just like a song in my head, stepping stones, stepping stones. You know, if you don't take a step, if you don't move out, you stagnate. You can't do anything. You get something, you, you work on it, and it's stepping stones. And God is leading your journey and God is going to do it. And I'd like to read some scripture, if I may, just interject real quick. Um, and I just feel like every I'm hearing what you're saying, and it's kind of lining up here um, with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Psalm 37, uh, verse 1, you know, everybody loves this psalm. Uh, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, be, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself in any wise to do evil, for evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes upon him with his teeth. 
The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. I'm getting somewhere real quick. We're almost there. The Lord knows the days of the upright. Their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Here it is. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. And I keep hearing in our conversation, you know, God will give the provision. There's a vision. There's direction. God will provide. And I really believe this is the the moment where God is just giving us this kind of instruction. Rest, wait, be at peace, go, trust, commit your way to the Lord. It's just everything is in the right direction. It reminds me so much of Abraham. He didn't trust by sitting down and doing nothing. He was moving. He was active. He was flowing. He was going. And so the whole nation of Israel, same journey. They just kept going, going, going until they arrived in their destination. So I feel good about the season. I feel good that we're, we're God's people are, you know, get having an idea, something being downloaded to them. Move on it. Act on it. Is that okay? Or, or, or are people so, I guess, kind of nested where they're just afraid to step out and do anything, thinking that they're safe in this little place? Um, your thoughts? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well said. And while you're saying that, I've I've had my Bible open here to this page. (laughs) Excuse me, went down the wrong side. Um, In Luke chapter 14, and I think this is breaking into what you're saying, and verse 25, and there went great multitudes with him, and he turned, so they're all following him, and he said unto them, 
if any man come to me, in other words, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters and his own life, he also, or he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then he talks in another passage about people that have left their homes, they've left their lands, they've left everything they've had to follow the Lord. To me, that is the initial reality of our journey. And then he says to Peter, Peter says, Lord, what about us? We forsook everything. He says, well, you're going to have lands and houses and brethren and all these things. So it's as though uh, God right up front calls every individual that wants to follow him. And he, and he says, here's, here's your cross. You need to lay down. You need to be willing to lay down right up front at the beginning everything that you are used to or you're, you're trusting in or what you have to follow me. You have to make the exchange. Either I'm all or your stuff is all. You're trying to do both. You can't one way or the other. And the testimony is that those who have forsaken all, have been restored more than they've ever had up in front in the beginning, in some cases, not all. And I'm not saying you, you do this as the deal. I'm going to give up to follow Jesus so that I'm going to get everything back. Job never would have dreamed after what he went through that he was going to get the portions that he received and all that he had that was given back to him. It was not part of the equation. Well, I'm, I'm going to lay this down and serve God because at the end of the day, he's good. He's going to get me back. It had nothing to do with it. It's just a, a, a spiritual reality of some sort. And I wonder if we are, anyways, I, I don't know. I forget my wondering, but your thoughts. Yeah. Well, it does, and I, I want to just address something uh, with what you're saying and connected to what Brian just mentioned a bit about contentment. Uh, one of the things that I personally admire about both of your lives and the witness that your lives have borne out is that you're, you found your contentment in Jesus Christ and were willing to leave behind the other things of the world that would bring a worldly contentment. And sometimes it, it gets to that feeling, if you want to use that word feeling, that that serpent of luxury, that serpent of comfort and ease subtly wraps itself around your life and it zaps the anointing. It zaps the fire. It zaps the passion, the willingness to go and be a fool for Christ and to break out under this, uh, this idea that somehow this is forever in this temporary world 
and we got to play it safe, and we got to get comfortable, and now we're content. That worldly contentment is such an enemy to the contentment found in Jesus Christ. And if you've tasted, uh, you know, the contentment found in serving God, even going to prison for him, is a comfort to those that really are connected to him or dying for him. Uh, and I just sense that, um, yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know, your testimony, Brian, you can speak into that, is, you know, you gave up some of the comforts, you went out, you did uncomfortable things, but remained comforted by the Spirit of God in your walk with Jesus. And now uh, I think it's a decision time for a lot of people, you know. What are we putting, what are we resting in? Please pick it up. Correct. That's it. The midterms. Amen. You know, as you're talking, uh, the great movie came into my mind. It's a wonderful life. And everybody's seen It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart when he's 
in, in, in Potter's office, and he's sitting in that really low chair looking up, and he's got a cigar given to him, and Potter's finally going for it, the big seduction. Would you like to travel to Europe once a year and have a big house and $25,000 a year? And, uh, you know, and his eyes are getting big and he's like, you know who you're talking to. And uh, the seduction is there until he shakes his hand. And all of a sudden he shakes his hand and it just hits him like a ton of bricks. Wait a second. I don't need to make a decision overnight. And he, the seduction, the seducing. And when Jesus said to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, you're either going to be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, I don't know if that's hyperbole or not, but to me, if Jesus is going to vomit something out of his mouth, it doesn't sound saved to me. And yet he was talking to an ecclesia there of individuals that needed to make a decision which way they were going to go. And, you know, I'm going to get vomited out of his mouth and I'm still going to heaven. I don't see that. I, that doesn't make sense to me. So it's very critical right now that we don't get seduced into a lukewarmness uh, state of existence. Not now, right? Not ever. Nice. Praise God. Ah. Uh. And yet there is some importance to know, you know, I, I would like to know now, and I'm following what I believe personally, but it is important to know, you know, if, if God is calling his people to come out of Babylon, uh, go by land, plant gardens, dig wells, you know, build community, 
because the time is coming, you won't be able to interact in the world, and I'm calling you into an ark. Well, I would hate to do that if there was another 100 years to go of just living nice and nice, simple life, and there's always going to be groceries, and there's always going to be this, and there's always, like the last 200 years in our country. You know, it's just always been there. So now we're living as though it's not going to be there very soon. And then you turn the television on this morning, and, you know, they're all angry at Joe Biden because, you know, the inflation's up. There's uh, grocery stores or no food and inflation and, and, you know, the supply chain is messed up and they've got these serious looks on their faces. And, you know, we'd always give the impression that, well, at least we're on the right track. We are doing what we need to be doing. Um, so it is important in one sense to know. And on the other sense, yeah, if I'm preparing and I die while I'm preparing, so be it. But if it's not time to prepare, you know, if the grocery store on the corner is always going to be there and I'm always going to be able to go to my ATM the rest of my life and pull out a $20 bill to go get bread and milk, I mean, then I should be concentrating on doing something else. But right now, we're living out of this concentration point of the Word of God. It seems to be like a beaming light of, you know, just such reality. You need to prepare for this time that's coming that's not going to be there. So we're doing it. And, you know, it kind of seems a little kooky, but it's what we believe. So I guess every, yeah. Yeah. Um, can we just chat for a second? I, wanna, I know we're having a great time. I'm enjoying you guys so much. It's so good to have you back here. Um, you know, we, we look at our lives and, and we wonder, okay, what is the purpose of my life? What am I doing here? And I know I find it in Christ. Some things inspire us. We're just kind of good at some stuff that we were never good at before Jesus Christ came into our lives. Some things, you know, really cause our, our fire to, to raise up, you know. And, and for me personally, what I discovered in Christ is, you see, if, if I were to just speak bluntly from my heart about this moment, I would say to the people that are listening to this broadcast, I would speak to people wherever they're going to hear this word and they're like-minded people and they're, hear, um, they're hearing this message. And, and I did this. I did this like 13, 14 years ago, and I saw what God did through it. And it was, and it was his heart beating to me to do something. And what I would say to people right now, I would say, it's hard to even say it sometimes, but in my, in my spirit, it would be so easy for me to call every single listener right now and say, here's what we need to do. We need to buy 500 acres of land or 1,000 acres of land, and people need to get together on this, and they need to start buying this, building on it, make sure there's water sources on it, make sure that there's good fertile soil where you could grow things, where you could have cattle, sheep, ducks, goats, whatever, and build your own community. 
we all feel as though we have to live inside of the state, uh, local, governmental, this is how we build and our POAs and this is, you know, and you come and live in ours. Well, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So why wouldn't God's people, knowing what time it is, get their own land and start forming their own communities and so that within the context of that community, we don't let the LGBTQ community come in and hang their flags. We, you know, you build your own community. And for some reason, because there's been some perversions of that in the past where people have tried to do that and they've gotten off track, people are afraid to do it. But I, I believe that this is kind of what God was telling Noah to do. I want you to build this ark. This is going to be your community. This is where you're going to be for a period of time to get through something. And I just really feel strongly in my spirit. What I would encourage somebody else to do is rally the troops, gather the people, come together, bring your resources, get this, buy this land, own this land, build on this land, prepare on this land, commune on this land, break bread on this land, be in this place that God has called out to. Now, we did that in a very small way right now. We've been here for 12 years because of this is exactly what God put in my heart to do. But um, maybe it's just an enlargement of the vision. Your thoughts? Amen. Amen. You 
Amen. And Zacharias questioned how, and he had his mouth shut <laughs> for a period of time. So, you know, this community that, that I see in my spirit, what God births in my spirit, I see an interactive community. And as you're talking, I'm writing this down, of builders, carpenters, plumbers, you know, all of those tradesmen type of thing. I see missionaries, evangelists, apostles, pastors, all the teachers. I see doctors, lawyers, nurses. I see business people. So what we see is you buy a thousand acres and you have these people gather together and you have them, you know, with the, with the crops and they're getting the milk from the cows and they're getting the goat cheese from the goats or however it works. Um, and and you're, you have your water sources and you have this community and missionaries are coming in and they're going out and it's an interactive, but it's your community. It is a community that is safeguarded by the spirit of God. And it is temporary. None of this is eternal. It is a temporary kind of like a moving reality, like in Ezekiel, the, the spaceship of God that was always moving with the wheels. It's never, it's never just stagnant. This is it. This is where we are. It's always moving. And, you know, this is the time where I, I have a lot of friends out there. And if, if the spirit of the Lord would just kind of begin to move upon our hearts and our minds about well, here's what you got to do. You got to start gathering this in now. You've been doing it yourself over here. You've been doing it yourself over here. It's time to gather this together, create an atmosphere in a community of people that will stand together in the last days, obeying the word of God, come out of her, my people, enter into your ark, put your skills to work. Every, and you know, every letter that was written to most of the churches in the Bible were written to communities that were in certain cities or regions of the world. And it's like, when does the body come? Now you, you get to Northwest Arkansas, for example, and there's tons of Christians here. But like you said earlier, there's so much diversity, the, the major opinions about these, you know, end time ideas. Uh, and and when, when you start to do something, most of the criticism came from believers. What are you doing? You're not going to be here. Why are you doing that? Um, but I think the times are changing now. And maybe the call needs to start going out a little bit louder uh, to the body press to start considering praying, thinking, you know, should we get together? Should we buy, you know, a thousand acres of land with rivers going through it in lakes and springs and a place for grazing cattle and, and, and building little places for people to come and having an environment where the world's, you know, demonic spirit can be confronted at every single moment of the day and, and broken over, you know, that region. And there's so much more to this, but go ahead and where are we going here? Share a vision. Amen. Amen.
Unbelief. You know, as you're talking, what I'm hearing, Nehemiah, when it was time to rebuild the wall and the city was devastated, remember he went by himself and he didn't let anybody know. He was just out there kind of searching things out. And I think God has his scouts out there right now. And I, this is definitely, you know, this is a, a heartbeat of my own. This is, this is what I think. This is what I, this is what I do. This is my life in Christ. I'm looking for this. I, this has been going on in me. Uh, where people don't see behind the scenes where we visit, go, and look. Uh, I'm looking because I, I feel the urgency of not just saying the things that we're saying about what the, what's coming, but to prepare. I mean, we've made the first step. We went from California to Arkansas. Now I just sense that we've been faithful with what God has given us to do for the last 12 years. Uh, we've learned a lot, and it's time to step take this for people that are serious about coming out of her, my people, come out of Babylon, be separate, say the Lord, you know, whatever it is. And uh, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going and, you know, I saw 500 acres uh, in a particular area I want to go look at. And, you know, you look at the numbers and you go, oh, you know, look at the numbers to buy that. And yet when the body of Christ comes together and everybody begins to bring what they have, their resources together, it can be done. Nothing is impossible with God. I've already learned that. God is able to do beyond what we can ask or think, um, and so praise God for that. So I'm going to keep looking, and I think this is right. And I would encourage pastors in wherever you are, wherever you live, that if there are like-minded people and you've got a vision on your life and a call of God on your life, gather the people together and go and buy that land and start doing these things. It should be happening everywhere, in my understanding, about many Noah's arcs coming out. And we need to do that here. There's just um, a lot to do, and it's in my heart to do, and I'll, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just keep looking and finding out and coming up with what God wants to do 
and this is our feeler today, you know, un, un, uh, prepared just here. This is a feeler of what we're thinking, um, what we want to do. It's, it's just a larger vision than ourselves at this point. Yeah. Bigger and do it. Community. Amen. Well, you're right. There's a go ahead go ahead Brian please. I'm not sure how how we transcend the apathy Yeah. Yeah, well I'm very thankful that I live amongst the people that are willing. I mean I, I live with men and women that are so willing and because we all have willing hearts, we've seen some incredible things get done in our midst as an ecclesia. Um, there was a great movie out there called Defiance. I wouldn't watch it without No Curse TV. Um, they got some pretty rough language. I watched it many years ago. And Defiance was about Nazi Germany when the Germans took over and uh, these people fled into the forests of Germany. And they went so deep into the forest and they wound up being there. True story. Uh, I think it was wound up 10 years built and they wound up building hospitals and schoolrooms and but they had to brave it out through the winters and they built a community while they were on the run. And I hear, you know, the spirit of the Lord saying, you know, he's given opportunity. We're not fleeing yet. You know, nobody in here is running, panicking. This is like God saying in, in Revelation 12 that the woman goes into the wilderness where she has a place prepared for her, where they will nourish her for three and a half years. And I feel like God wants things to get prepared for a season of persecution, but places that he will put his signature on and he'll put his protection around. And I don't know how we got into this conversation, but it seems more valid and real to me than just, you know, general conversation. Let's do something with the time that we have left. And if it means investing what we have saved that God gave us, then we invest, we do it. And, um, you know, the work I have found uh, as a pastor now for 30 years that the greatest experience of my life is when we, the Ecclesia, have been doing projects together. Not just going to church, not just preaching a sermon, 
but actually getting down in your dungarees, digging ditches, laying lines, putting electricity, putting septic tanks. I mean, it, that is where it works. That's where fellowship comes in. That's where, you know, just this type of unity has been so powerful. And I think we're, God is speaking to us today, and I'm going to be searching it out. I, I've got friends that, uh, that are very like-minded, and I think it's time to, you know, just pull the plug on this thing and just go for it and say, Lord Jesus, please show us. I've got a friend here, Autumn Nichols, is telling us about a 1,000-acre uh, Christian community in the Ozarks. I know Ken Uptergrove. I met him personally uh, when I first came here 12 years ago. I know about Ark Haven. Uh, God bless that man. He's a wonderful, beautiful man, and I don't know how they're doing, but there is somebody. So we're not the first that are doing these things. Um, this is this is something that's happening. Uh, so may the Spirit of the Lord really show us how he wants us to do it. You know, where do you want us to dwell? How do you want us to dwell? You, give you guys the last word before we get running. We've got five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we'll do? Yeah, go ahead, Brian. You you want to say? That's right. It's all his. It's all his. And when in, you, you read the stories in the Old Testament, Moses is going to build a tabernacle. What does he do? He goes to the people. They bring everything they have. They t- use the resources. They build a temple. David says Solomon's going to build a house. He, he confers with all the people. We need him to build a house. He gr- builds the greatest house, the greatest temple ever, but the people get involved. And so if God wants this, I've already seen it. It works. It's been accomplished on a much smaller level. Nonetheless, it has served beautifully, and I see the potential of what could happen when you're with the right people. There's divine order. There's godly, Holy Spirit-led, you know, believers. I've seen how it could work, and um, if God wants to enlarge that and expand that vision, lift up the ten pegs, go a little bit deeper, then we're all in because it's not about us. It's about how the body of Christ is going to function on this earth, living in a time where the world's going where we believe it's going. Well, come apart, be separate, come out into a place and have one prepared. We need to talk. We need to talk in the days that lie ahead. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And we will. I totally agree. All right. They're giving us the 90-second call right now. Brian and Kathy, first of all, so glad you're healed. So glad you're back and strong and feeling good. May God bless your journey. You probably don't want to share a lot of stuff over the year, but your journey from where you are to where you're going, the time frame and all of that, may God direct it perfectly. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing and hearing from you. You have my number, Brian. Call me at some point. We'll just chat. I sent that to you and uh, if you'd like to. And we love you. We love you both. And God bless your hearts. Anything you say in 60 
Yeah, God bless you. All right, 60 seconds. Say something to the church. What do you want to say? 60 seconds. Well said. All over the world. All right, guys. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Love you too. Shalom. All right. There are dear friends all the way from the great state of Hawaii, the island of Hawaii, on the island of Kauai, Brian and Kathy, missionaries that we met. They were in Honduras. They are on a journey right now. God bless their journey. God bless you. We said some things today. Maybe you have some interest. Make sure you contact us. We'd love for you to support this ministry if you feel led to do so. Uh, all you can have to do is do it. Okay? God bless. We'll see you soon. See you tomorrow, Lord willing, with bells on. Until then, we'll say goodbye for now. And in our language, in Italy, we say, Arrivederci. Shalom. <laughs>